Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the Course in Miracles, or we read from A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition if you go to jcim.net and mouse over the top menu there where it says online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also available on that top menu, um, on essentially every page on the Course in Miracles Society website is uh, access to join a helpful daily email list where you'll get the text for the reading and the lesson for the day sent to you every day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That's the recorded portion. We do go on afterwards with an after call. And uh, all are welcome. <laughs> Today we'll be uh, reading... Continuing in Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 5, The Fear to Look Within. And at the top of the hour, Brian will lead us in remembering our lesson for the day, which is Lesson 237, Now Would I Be As God Created Me. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have a, one of your lovely poetic openings this morning? I do, Lemoyne. I found the perfect one, I think, in the book uh, called White Fire by Moji. And it goes like this. Love does not need an intention or object to love. It is the highest expression of the being in recognition of itself. It is the unity of being. Just as the fragrance and the flower are one, your being radiates this love effortlessly. You are the self. Silence, wisdom, and joy are your perfume. It is here when you leave your luggage aside. Luggage means identity, desires, memory, projections, who you think you are and who you want to be. This beauty awakens in you when there is space for the beautiful one. Surrender, be entirely empty of quote-unquote you. And the one alone shines in that space timelessly. Now what I be is God created me. Amen. Amen. 
Oh, thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Love you, Lori. Lori, thank you so much for every day finding a beautiful quote for us. It's so precious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it's my joy, Wendy. (laughs) This is so welcome. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Mm. Not pack your bags, just park those bags. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me go through the list of what I've got here to read. I've, to read, I've got uh, Bran, um, Lori, uh, Robin Marie, Jennifer. Karen, and that's who I've got reading, and listening, sorry, changing things as I go, listening, I have Lana, Ida, and Wendy and Bryce. Is there anyone I've missed, gotten wrong, (laughs) wants to change, or just wants to say good morning or join the reading list, who's joined us since we started? All right, then. Get started here in Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 5, The Fear to Look Within. The Holy Spirit will never teach you that you are sinful. Errors he will correct, but this makes no one fearful. You are indeed afraid to look within and see the sin you think is there. This you would not be fearful to admit. Fear in association with sin, the ego deems quite appropriate and smiles approvingly. It has no fear to let you feel ashamed. It doubts not your belief and faith in sin. Its temples do not shake because of this. Your faith that sin is there but witnesses to your desire that it be there to see. This merely seems to be the source of fear. Brand. Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, Section 5, The Fear to Look Within. Paragraph 41. The Holy Spirit will never teach you that you are sinful. Errors he will correct. But this makes no one fearful. You are indeed afraid to look within and see the sin you think is there. This you would not be fearful to admit. Fear in association with sin, the ego deems quite appropriate and smiles approvingly. It has no fear to let you feel ashamed. It doubts not your belief and faith in sin. Its temples do not shake because of this. Your faith that sin is there, but witnesses to your desire that it be there to see. This merely seems to be the source of fear. 42. Remember that the ego is not alone. Its rule is tempered, and its unknown quote-unquote enemy, whom it cannot even see, 
is fears. Loudly, the ego tells you not to look inward, for if you do, your eyes will light on sin and God will strike you blind. This you believe, and so you do not look. Yet this is not the ego's hidden fear, nor yours who serve it. Loudly, indeed, the ego claims it is, too loudly and too often. For underneath this constant shout and frantic proclamation, the ego is not certain it is so. Beneath your fear to look within because of sin is yet another fear and one which makes the ego tremble. Thank you, friend. And Lori. Uh, 42. Remember that the ego is not alone. Its rule is tempered and its unknown so-called enemy whom it cannot even see, it fears. Loudly, the ego tells you not to look inward, for if you do, your eyes will light on sin and God will strike you blind. This you believe, and so you do not look. Yet this is not the ego's hidden fear, nor yours who serve it. Loudly, indeed, the ego claims it is, too loudly and too often. For underneath this constant shout and frantic proclamation, the ego is not certain it is so. Beneath your fear to look within because of sin is yet another fear, and one which makes the ego tremble. 43. What if you looked within and saw no sin? This quote-unquote fearful question is one the ego never asks. And you who ask it now are threatening the ego's whole defensive system too seriously for it to bother to pretend it is your friend. Those who have joined their brothers have detached themselves from their belief that their identity lies in the ego. A holy relationship is one in which you join with what is part of you in truth and your belief in sin has already been shaken, nor are you now entirely unwilling to look within and see it not. Thank you, Lori and Robin Marie. 43. What if you looked within and saw no sin? This, quote, fearful, unquote, question is one the ego never asks. And you who ask it now are threatening the ego's whole defensive system too seriously for it to bother to pretend it is your friend. Those who have joined their brothers have detached themselves from their belief that their identity lies in the ego. A holy relationship is one in which you join with what is part of you in truth. And your belief in sin has been already shaken, nor are you now entirely unwilling to look within and see it not. 44. Your liberation still is only partial, still limited and incomplete, yet born within you. Not wholly mad, you have been willing to look on much of your insanity and recognize its madness. Faith is moving inward past insanity, and on to reason. 
And what your reason tells you now, the ego would not hear. The Holy Spirit's purpose was accepted by the part of your mind the ego knows not of. No more did you. And yet this part part with which you now identify is not afraid to look upon itself. It knows no sin. How otherwise could it have been willing to see the Holy Spirit's purpose as its own? Thank you, Robin Marie and Jennifer. 44. Your liberation still is only partial, still limited and incomplete, yet born within you. Not wholly mad, you have been willing to look on much of your insanity and recognize its madness. Your faith is moving inward, past insanity, and onto reason. And what your reason tells you now, the eagle would not hear. The Holy Spirit's purpose was accepted by the part of your mind the eagle knows not of. No more did you. And yet this part with which you now identify is not afraid to look upon itself. It knows no sin. How? Otherwise, could it have been willing to see the Holy Spirit's purpose as in its own? This forty-five. This part has seen your brother and recognized him perfectly since time began. And it desired nothing but to join with him and to be free again, as once it was. It has been waiting for the birth of freedom, the acceptance of the release to come to you. And, and now you recognize that it was not the ego that joined the Holy Spirit's purpose, and so there must be something else. Think not that this is madness, but this, your reason tells you, and it follows perfectly from what you have already learned. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen? 45. This part has seen your brother and recognized him perfectly since time began. And it desired nothing but to join with him and to be free again as once it was. It has been waiting for the birth of freedom, the acceptance of release to come to you. And now you recognize that it was not the ego that joined the Holy Spirit's purpose. And so there must be something else. Think not that this is madness. For this your reason tells you. And it follows perfectly from what you have already learned. 46. There is no inconsistency in what the Holy Spirit teaches. This is the reasoning of the same. You have perceived the ego's madness and not been made afraid because you did not choose to share in it. 
At times, it still deceives you. Yet in your saner moments, its ranting strikes no terror in your heart. For you have realized that all the gifts it would offer you, excuse me, for you have realized that all the gifts it would withdraw from you in rage at your presumptuous wish to look within, you did not want. A few remaining trinkets still seem to shine and catch your eye, yet you would not, quote, tell, unquote, heaven to have them. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 46 and 47? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. Please do. There is no inconsistency in what the Holy Spirit teaches. This is the reasoning of the saying. You have perceived the ego's madness and not been afraid because you did not choose to share in it. At times, it still deceives you. Yet, in your saner moments, its ranting strikes no terror in your heart. For you have realized that all the gifts it would withdraw from you in rage at your presumptuous wish to look within, you do not want. A few remaining trinkets still seem to shine and catch your eye. Yet, you would not sell heaven to have them. And now the ego is afraid. Yet what it hears in terror, the other part hears as the sweetest music, the song it longed to hear since first the ego came into your mind. The ego's weakness is its strength. The song of freedom, which sings the praises of another world, brings to it hope of peace, for it remembers heaven, and now it sees that heaven has come to earth at last, for which the ego's rule has kept it out so long. Heaven has come because it found a home in your relationship on earth, and earth can hold no longer what has been given heaven as its own. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 47 and 48? I can read now, um, Moyne. Great. Thanks, Lana. Okay, 47. And now the ego is afraid, yet what it hears in terror, the other part hears as the sweetest music the song it longed to hear since first the ego came into your minds. The ego's weakness weakness is its strength. The song of freedom, which sings the praises of another world, brings to it hope of peace, for it remembers heaven, for it remembers heaven, and now it sees that heaven has come to earth at last, from which the ego's rule has kept it out so long. Heaven has come because it found a home 
in your relationship on earth, and earth can hold no longer what has been given heaven as its own. 48. Look gently on each other, and remember the ego's weakness is revealed in both your sight. What it would keep apart has met and joined, and looks upon the ego unafraid. Little children, innocent of sin, follow in gladness the way to certainty. Be not held back by fear's insane insistence that sureness lies in doubt. This has no meaning. What matters it to you how loudly it is proclaimed? The senseless is not made meaningful by repetition and by clamor. The quiet way is open. Follow it happily and question not what must be so. Hmm. Thank you, Lana. And uh, is there another new reader who would like to conclude with 48? Okay. Is there anyone who would like to read 48 in conclusion? Okay, I can read it a little more. Jennifer? Of course you know. Okay, 48. Look gently on each other and remember the ego's weakness is revealed in both your sight. What it would keep apart has met and joined, and looks upon the evil unafraid. Little children, innocent of sin, follow in gladness the way to certainty. Be not held back by fear's insane insistence that sureness lies in doubt. This has no meaning. What matters to you, how loudly it is proclaimed, the sinless is not made meaningful by repetition and by clamor. The quiet way is open. Follow it, follow it happily and question not what must be so. Pass. Thank you, Jennifer. And uh, yeah, I I feel like I should make the offer again. Is there anyone else who would like to read forty eight or yeah forty eight? I I don't have um. The ability to get to 48 because it goes too too small of a print on my phone. But uh, if you want me to pick another paragraph, I'd love to read. <laughs> it's up to you, honey. Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe read the first one as a recap. Have you? How about can you see forty six? Ah, uh, yes, I can. Okay, well, read that. Thank you. There is no inconsistency in what the Holy Spirit teaches. This is the reasoning of the same. You have perceived the ego's madness and not been made afraid because you did not choose to share in it. At times, it still deceives you. Yet, in your sater moments, its ranting strikes no terror in your hearts. For you have realized that all the gifts it would withdraw from you in rage at your presumptuousness wish to look within, you do not want. A few remaining trinkets still seem to shine and catch your eye, yet you would not, quote-unquote, sell heaven to have them. Well, thank you, Mindy. And, uh, and now the ego is afraid. <laughs> anyway, I, I just see 48 as the... Uh, that's the best summary of this, and so I'm going to repeat that as a summary. Um, look gently on each other and remember the ego's weakness is revealed in both your sight. What it would keep apart has met and joined and looks upon the ego unafraid. Be as little children, innocent of sin, who follow in gladness the way to certainty. Be not held back by fear's insane insistence that sureness lies in doubt. This has no meaning. What matters it to you how loudly it is proclaimed? The senseless is not made meaningful by repetition or by clamor. The quiet way is open. Follow it happily, and question not what must be so. Thank you, Lamorne. Yeah, yeah thank you, Lamorne. <laughs> You're welcome. I put the. We got ten minutes till the time, or eight. Eight or ten minutes till the top of the hour, so the floor is open. The purpose of looking within is to find the quiet way is open. Hi, this is Ida. I hate to ask again, but please pray for me because I must really be in my ego right now because I feel very afraid. So. I almost didn't even want to hear this section, but I heard it anyway. You know, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ada. I love your honesty. I just love it. Oh. Yes, me too, Ida. Thanks. Thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. Peace be around you, surrounding you. We're sending you peace and love, Ida. And we have the faith that you uh, are lacking right now, that uh, what is coming for you is something right straight from heaven, and it's going to be wonderful. So just be peaceful. Be at peace. 
Thanks, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, dear. That was beautiful, Robin Marie. Share that sentiment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin Marie. And thank you, Ida. You know, um, I I think uh, when Jesus asks us to accept, he doesn't mean we need to like it, (laughs) but we just need to accept what is there and not do battle with it. And in our um, acceptance of it just being there and through our focus on truth and and your mind, Ida, Ida, listening to what was shared and read, uh, that fear through not joining with it will just disappear because it loses all its strength. So let us be your peace for you and join with us and allow that fearful energy to just pass into the nothingness from what it came. But while it's there, just embrace it with love. You know, we're all toddlers here, bumping into things and falling down, but we just pick ourselves up. Ivana, so much. I know you know where I've used to be. Sorry. Thank you, Lana, and thank you, Ida. Um, this is Karen. It's interesting because the title of this reading is The Fear to Look Within. Uh, <laughs> unique ex- or the last that's a very strong emotion fear and I just and detach it from what offer it to the Holy Spirit and which pass through me by fears and distance senseless is not made meaningful by repetition and by clamor. And in my own experience, I mean, so often it's the fear of the fear that really makes me... So rather than... I don't feel any fear about fear now. I mean, the the Course and the Holy Spirit has taken that association away. And so fear is just a sensation. It's, It's not more more powerful. Yesterday's lesson was um, I offer my mind to God. I offer all my interpretations to God. I offer um, what I think this means. I don't know what this means. It's just a sensation. Let it pass through me. I'm happy, O oh Lord, to just give it over to you. And and when I close my eyes just for a second and say, it's not really about what I think it's about out there. It's just something in me that's being purified. So I open to it and offer it to God. I rule my mind. I decide whether I attach it, you know, a scary story. To the scary story. Yesterday, I... I did something, and I thought it was doing the right thing, and then I realized it was impulsive, and I didn't 
I, you know, I wasn't careful. And then I felt really guilty, and my mind was, like, making me feel like I was bad. Um, I gave someone a lot of money. <laughs> felt like a good idea at the time, but, you know, then I kind of resented because she took more than I offered, and uh, I resented it, and, and you know, but I was so happy when I turned it over to Jesus and held his hand. I felt so blessed that I didn't have to keep doing that ego story dance in my mind. I had an option. You know, the option is to give it over to the Holy Spirit and trust. This is good. This is good. No matter what it is, it's good because I give it to God. And if I give it to God, it's only going to be a blessing. There's no bad way that this turns out if I hand it over. Um, I don't know. Thank you so much for letting me share that. I'm complete. Yes, you do know. Thank you, Karen. That was beautiful, Karen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That helped me a lot, you guys. I really appreciate it. Good morning, Great, guys. Ida. Um, yeah, pardon me, Judy. At the top of the hour, um, so I'd like to turn to Fran. Um, and uh, ask you all to give your attention to Fran as she leads us in remembering today's lesson. Now would I be as God created me? Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is what is salvation? Uh, Today's lesson, lesson 237, Now Would I Be As God Created Me. I'll read some from What is Salvation, and then we'll go to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay, what is salvation? Salvation is a promise made by God that you would find your way to him at last. It cannot but be kept. The thought of peace was given to God's Son the instant that his mind had thought of war. There was no need for such a thought before, for peace was given without opposite and merely was. Salvation is undoing in the sense that it does nothing, failing to support the world of dreams and malice. Thus, it lets illusions go. Let us come daily to this holy place and spend a while together. Here we share our final dream. It is a dream in which there is no sorrow, for it holds a hint of all the glory given us by God. From here we give salvation to the world, for it is here salvation was received. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 237. Now would I be as God created me? Today, I will accept the truth about myself. 
I will arise in glory and allow the light in me to shine upon the world throughout the day. I bring the world the tidings of salvation that I hear as God my Father speaks to me. And I behold the world that Christ would have me see, aware it ends the bitter dream of death, aware it is my Father's call to me. Christ is my eyes today, and his the ears which listen to the voice of God today. Father, I come to you through him, who is your son, and my true self as well. Amen. Lesson 237. Now would I be as God created me. Now we'll do our five-minute practice.
Lesson 237. Now would I be as God created me. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Indeed. Thank you, Fran. Um, floor is open. We are witnessing the power of God in our midst. Amen. Thank you. Holy mackerel. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Over the moon to hear that. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. So true. Good morning, it's Mindy. I'm so pleased and received all of the lovely things that everyone shared with Ida to be at peace. And um, today's lesson just dovetails so beautifully with yesterday's. I roll my mind, which I alone must roll, and choosing the thoughts that are true thoughts. And... Um, You know, sometimes the sacredness of these lessons are so apparent and so deep. And then sometimes there are times when it goes deep and comes back up. And I thought, okay, when I'm running errands today, or before I even do something, if I'm not in touch with my connection with Christ or God and experiencing it, I can use my mind to envision myself being my best self, being filled with love, smiling, seeing everyone with love. I can just take time to use the tool of my mind and literally choose positive thoughts and envision the highest and best that I can at that moment. And sure enough, with the willingness to do what I'm able to do in the moment, Holy Spirit takes up the 
the rest. And so it's just a nice practical little thing to use the tools that I learned even before the Course in Miracles to, to visualize something, visualize a beautiful result, see myself in the flow and in the place of love and, and being connected with my brothers and seeing the Christ in them. So I just love, I rule my mind, which I alone must rule. And the fact that it can be used today to bring me into alignment with now I would be as God created me by using this, this power that I've been given. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. I'm complete. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Good morning. It's Karen again. I was wondering if I could sort of unwind something. I don't know. I just kind of want to just do it out loud. Um, I used to think, well, I used to think that money was for getting uh, fixed, you know, therapy, uh, body work, going to retreats, going to workshops. And, you know, I spent a lot of money over the years trying to do that. And my my relationship with money is kind of confused because, you know, I always thought it was uh, really about trying to get fixed. And... I sometimes think I'm not, I'm still not fixed. Couldn't have been the right use of money. So my sister had breast cancer in 2019. And um, she lives in California, actually. She lives by by uh, Robin Marie. And um, she hasn't seen my mother in four years. And my mother is in Virginia Beach. Yesterday, I got this inspiration, my mother's 95, that I should be going to see her soon. I need to go because, you know, time, you never know when when time is going to stop. So I offered, out of nowhere, I just called my sister and told her I'd buy her a ticket to go see my mother. And after I thought about that, I said, what is the better use for money? And I had this picture, this image of Jesus saying, you think your safety depends on pieces of green paper and and discs of metal. You think that your safety depends on that. And it just felt like this relationship with money is, if money isn't for helping other people, I don't know what it's for. And I used to think it was for getting fixed and helping myself. Or paying God, you know, giving money to charity so God would help me. (laughs) And then I gave the money and I bought the ticket and it was really expensive, woefully expensive. And I don't have an income, so, you know, it definitely is a significant thing. But then it was like the ego mind jumped right in and said, the ego mind said, oh, everybody takes advantage of you and everybody uses you. And I just knew, I closed my eyes, and I just knew this is some old voice from the past. This is like some 
some balloon that just came up from the past, and all I have to do is pop it with a pin to let the power out because it's untrue. It's absolutely false. That's the ego mind. And I will deny it any power. And I don't think there's going to be, what's the word? Yeah, I believe in abundance. I believe money is just something else that passes through us, like like God's light passes through us. And only if I give it a power and think I have to hoard it will it stop flowing through me just like love or just like anything that I hoard and think I'd, I won't have enough of. And I won't let the past, you know, associations turn this into something else, something ugly. Um, thank you for letting me say that out loud. Really, it helped. I'm complete. Oh, what a beautiful expression of giftedness. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was lovely. Yes, thank you, Karen. That was lovely. Money is thank you. In our society, it's the last taboo that we don't really like to talk about our incomes and, and what we have. And Jesus talks about that in the Course. He says, because we're afraid that somebody else might have more than us or somebody else might have less than us. But as you know, and I'm learning, all fear is just false evidence appearing real, right? So there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Hi, it's Lana. Um, you know, it reminded me, uh, Karen, of, um, and I've shared this before, so I apologize for anybody, if anybody has heard it, but it was so fundamental in my relationship with money. And um, and I remembered that um, when I had a belief in scarcity, and that's all, you know, it is, it's it's that fear of lack or scarcity. Um, I would pray for it to be healed. And um, it just seemed like whenever I did that, more scarcity showed up. And, and I confronted Jesus about it. And I was, you know, it was like, what gives? You know, I asked for healing and, and just knew more scarcity showed up. And, and um, it was really pointing me uh, to the fact that I was totally missing the mark about scarcity and it had nothing to do with money it had nothing to do with my bank account what I had forgotten and and of course it will keep coming up for me to heal as long as it needs healing you know uh, that's the promise of Holy Spirit he'll keep bringing it up so we can choose differently and um, what finally came to me as the lesson to be learned was that uh, was lesson 50 I am sustained by the love of God as long as that was true and real in my mind and in my heart I didn't have to worry about the numbers in my checking account um, I didn't have to worry about um, uh, you know this fear of lack or scarcity because 
I was always sustained by the love of God. And all I had to do was look at my life over every situation, no matter what it was relating to money. I got through it okay. I was sustained by the love of God because here I am, still loop over my head, clothes on my body, food in my tummy, you know, no matter what confronted me in life. I was always sustained by the love of God, and that was the lesson to be learned. And and once I got that through my thick skull, <laughs> you know, I didn't have to be concerned with the specifics of lack. It was pointing me to my wholeness and completion in God, and I was just choosing to to deny that. So. Um, you know, it is about giving and receiving, being one. You know, the, where, where we have everything, the only thing to do is share it. There's no loss. There's only gain in our sharing because we we feel that love in the giving and it's returned to us. Um, so anyway, I just thought that your share, Karen, reminded me of my own healing and brought it back to mind. So thank you for that. More giftedness. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. You know, scarcity, I thought about this before. Scarcity is like scare city. It's like I'm making up a city in my mind of fear. And uh, and I, then I choose to believe in it. That's what it is. So I can let go of the scare city and uh, believe in the city of love instead. Thank you. I love that, Ida. Thank you. Scare city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Ida. Oh, you're That's so fun, Ida. Thank you. <laughs> this is Fran, Ida. My sister has this on their refrigerator, and I read it every now and then. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I think about that when I'm fearful, how you have to walk through it. And the Course does it, helps us do that. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, Fran, everybody. Welcome. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Fran. I love that. Very true. Yeah, Fran, thank you. Thank you, Fran. You nailed it. Great. Yeah, thank you all. Especially, uh, just as Lemoyne, especially you, Ida, because I get the kind of thing you're facing. It's like <laughs> you've been struggling with uh, just the everyday living. And here you have a opportunity 
to get assistance with that. And, uh, you know, people become, you know, ask you to get up and move around. Just get up and move around a little bit, help you move around, help you do things. And it's like, I understand that. I mean, it's like I've recently <laughs> had the, a, what, it was a challenge, it was a bit of a challenge, but it's like really an opportunity. And it was interesting because, you know, I didn't really have an experience of fear, but like just some kind of, I kind of got it. It's like this is some kind of confusion here. And if I listen, it's like, it was like, well, isn't this what you want? <laughs> you know, was what the, it wasn't like guidance. It was like a question. You, you know, do you want this opportunity? If not, you know, you don't have to take it. It's like, <laughs> it was actually much, there, you know, the fear was like what I was, would shovel onto it to talk myself out of. It's always been that. I see that now all through my life, a lot of fear. And it was all about either trying to back myself into something or just trying to find a reason to say no. And uh, it's really it's really easier than that. I mean, in the Bible, I remember re- reading this, and it was a challenge for me in uh, in my in when I was convinced of a sort of the upside down view of life that <laughs> you know the appearance of uh, God's love and the course says if the God's love appears in this world as forgiveness you know and I think that I've recently been playing with the idea, this course is full of typos. They left all the spaces out between four. You are, your function is to be for giving. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, that's, I think this is the way to really enter into life as, you know, loving life was always some kind of like something other people did. And uh, I had no access except just this impulse, which seemed often, you know, the ego would convince me I was hurting myself, but it's really about finding something to give, you know, just that impulse, as simple as a thank you or or a helping hand, whatever it was, something I could give. So, you know, money sitting in the bank account or wherever sitting doesn't, if money is like energy, you know, distilled energy, some representation of value, it's really, it's really only useful or alive in the exchange in the giving so yeah Yeah. money is for giving i love it (laughs) money is for giving 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, really? and uh, yeah, it was it was very helpful for me to realize that this is the way it actually works in life. You know, people give; they get. You get most people get paid after they give of themselves. Then you get paid, so it's like you have to give first. To it's not a hard and fast rule, but you know that that's being willing to give is the way to enter in more fully into life. Anyway, y'all are y'all are beautiful. Thank you. I'm complete. So are you, Lemoyne? Thank you. That was, that was beautiful, Lemoyne. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was beautiful. So on, right on the mark. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was great dialogue.
Yeah. Um, it seemed like, I know, it seemed like with what's going on, I'm moving into a assisted living, I should be just delighted, right? But I don't want to shoot on myself either, you know, because it is what it is. And it just seemed like there are so many little things to worry about. You know, maybe they really are just little things. But I'm talking about my life here and totally changing my life and my lifestyle. And I've never done it before. Not like this. And uh, so, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for the ego, but maybe that's what I'm doing, making excuses for the ego. But... I think you guys, if you think about it, you you understand what I'm talking about here. Um, the ego always worries about the worst possible outcome of everything. What might go wrong. What you might not like. All those things. That's I don't want to believe in that. I want to believe in, like Karen said, I'm being given heaven. Um, people said I can contribute a lot spiritually to people and stuff like that and um, I certainly hope so um, thank you so much I'm complete thank you Ida thank you for yeah. the opportunities you give us thank yeah, you thank you Ida Ida my when I'm afraid my favorite prayer, and I say it all the time, is help me. I just go in so deep and just say help me. And I just, in a situation, if I'm afraid, I will say it over and over and over again. And I swear, there has never been one time that I did not get help. Ever. Oh, wow. That's great, Fran. Thank you. Help me. Welcome. That's great. Help me. That's my best prayer. <laughs> yeah, really. This is crazy. I'll have to tell you, since we're talking about fear, my scariest thing. My scariest thing in my life was going for a doctor visit. I had a bad experience when I was a kid. And um, ever since then, doctors have scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and uh, for years. And one time I had to go to a doctor visit and I was walking down the hall terrified and I kept saying, help me, help me, help me. And I swear I heard, these people are here to help you, help you. And all of a sudden my mind totally changed and I realized that I was looking at people like me that were here to help me. And it's been different ever since then. I had a doctor visit the other day. Doctor and I are laughing. You know, I, that never would have happened if it hadn't been for the course helping me. Good luck, sweetie. I'm going to be thinking about you. Good luck. Oh, that was just sweeter and sweet. Thank you, Fran. Oh, Fran, that was just such a miraculous message. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that.
Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori, and um, I'm sure grateful for um, all the quiet this morning and the space um, that we give each other to allow what needs to rise to rise up. And this section oh, is so beautiful. Uh, represents the healing of my mind uh, that I didn't know was broken. But the division in my mind caused me to see division everywhere. And I'm remembering this morning uh, two things come up in this space. One is uh, a question, and I haven't looked it up to give you the exact words, but the question goes something like, how does God know that he can entrust his son to us and know that he rests in perfect safety? Because he knows um, that we are his son. Like and of himself, created of love like love itself. He trusts us. I was remembering as I thought about that, uh, I was remembering a time when I was <clears throat> about 13. You know, I had uh, four younger siblings. And, um, and my parents wanted to uh, take a little vacation. And so they asked me if I was willing to watch my younger siblings and said I could invite any friend I wanted to to come and help me. So I did and said, yeah. And I thought this would be really fun. Um, but a lot of things happened during those six days, <laughs> and I was, um, I had occasion to be afraid, but somehow over the course of it, I came to appreciate how much my parents loved me and trusted me that they would entrust their children to my care. And um, and that gave me everything I needed to bloom, you know. And this is how our Father sees us. He entrusts us with each other, with each other's care, because he knows what we are. And... Um, what a beautiful thing it is to realize that in his knowing is my knowing. That his giftedness is my giftedness. His trust is my trust. And so I'm so grateful for all the opportunities we give each other uh, to share the light and love However it looks, it's always the antidote to fear. You know, there's only two, two emotions, love or fear, and of the two, only one is real. And without each other, we wouldn't know that realness, you know? And when my mind is healed, all of this comes back to my memory. And I'm so grateful. I'm complete.
sweet Lori. Thank you. Oh, oh thank you, okay. Lori. Thank you, Lori. Good morning, this is Sandra, and I find it interesting that it says, now would I be as God created me. We've had lessons of that I'm not a body, I am as God created me, and we had the lesson I am as God created me, And, and they're saying, now would I be as God created me? Why now? <laughs> Why not then? And what, why is this now different than another now? It's like, when, when, when will I believe that I am as God created me? When will I finally believe that I am complete and healed and whole? That there's nothing wrong with me? That I didn't do anything wrong? That I'm innocent? When will I believe all that stuff? Now, I'm complete. Oh, love beautiful. It. Thank you. I think they mean now I will acknowledge. That's how I look at it. <laughs> Be here now, huh? Yeah, we've been Even acknowledging. Even though you were always here. <laughs> yeah, and we've and been acknowledging. We've been acknowledging it through previous lessons. It's like we need to acknowledge it again. And and I think it's just about being in the present moment and just, you know, acting as if I am complete and healed and whole. I mean, I I get sometimes I get frightened whoops, at night or something like that and I just say the prayer. I am I'm not a body, I'm cuz what am I frightened about? About something about the body. If it has nothing to do with the body, then what do I care? It's just I don't I don't need to be frightened. It's only when I think that there's you know I have some threat to the body or to to the body, basically not having my needs met. And I affirm every day that as a daughter of God, I am a daughter of God. I deserve, it's my birthright to have all my needs met. I just don't believe that they're going to get met. <laughs> so what is it going to take for me to believe it? I'm complete. Well, you don't have to believe it. You can just be open to receive it. That's what I'm working on. Thanks for the reminder. And the number one need is love. I love that. I just have to be open to receive it. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I love that too. That was great. That is so my lesson right now. <laughs> my life lesson. So thank you for the reminder, guys. Hi, it's Karen. Um, 
I remember that lesson from a few days ago. Today I am your son again. It's the same thing. It's like maybe there are layers and layers and layers of doubt of feeling unworthy or feeling um, it's not true. You know that I am your son again. If I'm your son again, then I am. Then I have all the gifts of the kingdom. You know, I'm back to being restored as a perfect child of God. Not in the future. It's here now. Just like now, I am as God created me. It's like I'm so grateful for this call, and I just wanted to say I'm so grateful that Lorian and Lemoyne facilitate this without even money being in the picture. I I just I think Jesus is here right now. That's all. I'm complete. Amen to that. Thank you, Karen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, everyone. You're all my saviors. Well, I agree. Jesus is here right now. Thank you. Let's all shake his hand. He promised that would be no idle dream. Also, that reminds me of yesterday's lesson or yesterday's reading from the text that we have our faith in our illusions, that there, there's something that we're not, we're not, um, as God created us right this minute. You know, it's a face in an illusion that can only be seen in darkness of the ego mind. And Jesus just comes at this from a thousand different places, you know, to try to help us accept the truth of what we are, to just, as someone said just now, open to it. Just open to it and receive and accept it completely. Amen. Thank you. Can you hear my baby blue jay? <laughs> it's not mine. Morning, guys. It's Jude. Hello? I think my phone is broken. Hello? Hello? Morning. We hear you. Hi. Hello. Hi I love the lesson today. I am as God created me. Hi. Oh, now would I be it? Would I be it? Would I be happy, joyous, and free spirit without the dream of death, that I am the body, that I can be miserable, that I need suffer, 
any form of pain? Or would I let all these ideas of, of death and dying, depression, despair, hopelessness go? Go dust to dust. The dream of death is over. I will be as God created me today. Happy, joyous, and free. Um, I really, I knew when it came to me that happy, joyous, and free awareness of who I was in truth when I simply just let go of all the misery that I was making for myself. I decided I didn't want to suffer anymore. I saw the insanity of my own thinking that the ego, the baloney grinder, it's the misery maker, it's the critic, it's the complainer, it's the, I haven't got what I want. I don't have what I need. I want things to be different. And it's from a personal point of view. The personal point of view. That um, Muji that you read for us, Lori, that love has no intention. I love that line because I think of intentions as being personal. And intention is in a state of tension, hoping for something that I haven't got, wanting something that I haven't already, that I'm not already. God created me happy. I am happiness. I am peace. I am joy. I don't have to hope for them, wait for them, strive to achieve them or become them. I already am them. That's how God created me to be. And I think this is so important that I recognize it and realize that every day. Seek not outside yourself. This fear to, to fear, the fear to look within, it's like the ego discovering the insanity of itself. Really, Jude? You're going to go there? You're going to think like that? You know, where am I here and now? Is there, anything, is there any other place I'd rather be? If there is, move, move a muscle. Change a thought. You're completely in charge of living. It's living, thinking, and doing. It's not about being a thinker or, or thinking about the doing. <laughs> it's just do it. Just do it. Be the doing. And um, I don't know. It's just so obviously simple. And to, to complicate it, to make a project out of it, make an agenda out of it, you know, it's not hard just to be happy, to be peaceful. If I'm not, there's no one else doing it to me. Amen. I'm complete. Go, Jude. I love it. Go, Judy. Go. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. You know, this is Lana, and as you were... Thank you, Judy. It was a great share. I'm sorry. Okay, ahead, Lana. (laughs) Now, as you were speaking, Judy, I... And um, I was, uh, what came into my mind was uh, the atonement and Jesus asking us just to accept it. I don't have to learn anything. I don't have to earn it. It's a gift. 
And it goes to what you, you said, Fran, just be willing to accept. Um, you know, I can just look. I know where mine, my unworthiness or beliefs and unworthiness came from my early Catholic upbringing. And, and if I didn't learn anything, the nuns taught me I was unworthy of just about everything. <laughs> and I And I learned that I was... Not only was I a sinner, I was born with sin. You know, I I was a sinner before I even came into a body, and and um, and yet Jesus was saying to me, just accept, just accept the gift of the atonement. It doesn't require anything of you but your willingness, and and how that translated to me was. Am I worthy? You know, I I always went back to that feeling of unworthiness, and it really took a long time to undo it. I'm probably still undoing it. It still comes up for me, um, but it's it's helpful for me to remember that a course of miracles, a course of miracles, is a gift of remembrance of who I am as God created me and and it always also brings me to the only place I can find peace is right here and right now because as soon as I time travel into the past regrets or future worries I'm not present with God I've left heaven and I've gone on an adventure into usually <laughs> a detour into fear so um, it's wonderful to just remind myself as often as possible that I am as God created me. And I don't have to do anything other than to accept that truth, that fact. And if the, and I love the prayer of help me. Just help me to accept the fact that I'm perfect. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that can be challenging. Um, but regardless of what my crazy mind or monkey mind tries to convince me of, it doesn't change the truth. And um, that's so comforting to remember. I'm complete. Thank you again, Judy. I, Thank you, I Lana. Really, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. That was beautiful. Thank you. I really, I, I just really, um, I really want to encourage people to look inward at the beauty of the love that you remember throughout your whole life, the beauty and the love that you've found in nature, the beauty and the love that you have for your family, for your friends, even for chocolate ice cream or your car or anything that it's not in the objects that we love, it's in the love that we are, the changeless love, the love of God, that love that is, there's only one love, and it's the love of God, and that's who we are, that changeless love of God that makes us one in, in unity and in a state of grace, and to look inward and find out what is really beautiful to you, Look and ask yourself what's really, really beautiful and lovely and joyful to you. What brings you joy? And then turn that right around and share that with 
somebody. One person, ten people, or the people on the call, the person at the grocery store. It's a give and receive. And this whole idea of, of gain and loss, I've heard a lot about in the call today, that anything I can give away that is gone for me isn't worthy of my valuing it. That the only things of value that I, I can give are things that increase by my giving it. Increase in love, increase in happiness. And, you know, to value things of the world is to put value in the, tempor- the tempor- temporal and the changing. And that's not who we are. Our value and worthiness is that is in our changeless immortality, our perfect love that is God's gift to us to extend to everybody, everywhere, all the time. And that's what makes us really happy. Thank you, I'm complete. Oh, thank you. I love that. Love the thing about the chocolate ice cream. That's hysterical. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. It's like that Bible verse. Think on these things, you know, whatever is beautiful. I don't remember how it goes, but it was um, instructing us to do exactly what you were saying, Judy. Just to think on the beautiful, the wonderful, the loving thoughts. Keep my focus and attention there. And um, don't go wandering off into fear. Complete. That wanting what I don't have or the fear of losing what I've got, um, that grasping, that the body is in a constant state of grasping to get something. And it's, it's like human nature. And to notice and be aware of their constant state of tension and to relax in peace. Peace is merely a state of contentment to me, that I'm in a state of contentment. I don't need a thing. I don't want a thing. And all desires I've come to recognize is simply wanting to be desireless, that I already am. I have already am everything that I need. I got the chocolate ice cream, and I feel peace because the, the desire is gone. I am desireless. I am at peace. I'm already at peace. I don't need the chocolate ice cream, but I certainly can have it a little bit every night if I want to, and I usually do. Thank you. I'm complete. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so good. That's so funny. I love it. How about butter pecan ice cream? Is that okay? Kidding. <laughs> Hi, it's Karen. Thank you, dude. I loved both your shares. I. I feel sometimes like there is a disconnect because I don't have desires. You know, I was talking to some old friend yesterday and he was saying, why don't you do photography again? And I was like, well, I have a lot of pictures in my camera and 
I have pictures on my phone and in the cloud. What am I going to do, take pictures of things and just save them? I just felt like I don't have a desire to do that. And I feel like the disconnect is in the activity. Like on some level I should be inspired to do stuff, but I just don't care about the outer world that much anymore. And I have everything I need, and I can't think of anything I don't have that I need that, you know, nothing drives me. Anyway, um, it's it's a little seemingly, it's a little uh, unclear to me about that. I'm complete. Boy, I know that great big now what. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. I get, I get what, I get it too. But I've come. I think this is um, a part of the, the letting go of of the striving and becoming and needing to get. The letting go of that puts me in the eternal now, and the 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 true, um, the truth in giving and receiving, um, are one is in the seeing and being present that everything I'm seeing, everything I'm hearing, everything I'm touching, the immediacy of my salvation is the relinquishment of my personal self and my immediate participation in being present in the joy of the moment. It's spontaneous, and it can take me wherever it's going to take me. The living lives me, and I'm not the liver living my life personally. It's a complete flip in, in, in the way of being. And I don't know if, if that's clear, but it probably will become clear to you at some point. <laughs> These things take time to really integrate, integrate into our new way of being. Thank you. Thank you. I was just reading some Jean Klein this morning, and he's, he, he talks about this um, do nothing that we read about in the Course too. Um, simply do nothing. And not that there's nothing to do, there's always a, a million things to do. Whatever brings joy, whatever, you know, will s- stimulate, you know, your happy, happy places, you know. You want to go to go to your happy places, visit with your happy people, be in, be in joyful music or joyful art or beautiful scenery. I mean, the, the world's full of all those kinds of experiences. But the the idea that I need do nothing is that I can go anywhere and any in any place without my personal interpretation of it, and it can be absolute wonderment. It can be an absolute brand new, never had before experience. And there's absolutely no repetition in life. Every day is brand new. But we go through these motions of getting up and putting on the same thinking mind that interprets everything from the past and thinks it knows everything. And nothing is fresh or new or spontaneous. 
it's like <coughs> it's a complete flip. So I'll be quiet now. I'm I'm in a joyful mood though, and you know how I can get really talkative. But you know what I googled today? The word felicity, and it's such a <laughs> it has everything to do with being being um, today now as God as I would be as God created me. Intense happiness, joy, joyfulness joyousness, beatitude, blessedness, enjoyment, rapture, bliss, euphoria, delight, cheerfulness, gaiety, contentedness, satisfaction, fulfillment, the ability to find, and I like this was the second one, the ability to find appropriate expression for one's thoughts, speech that pleased by its accuracy, felicity, and fluency. Thank you. I missed, what was the word that was the definition of? Felicity. Felicity. Um, Lori, didn't, um, isn't that the name of one one of Helen Shookman's books? She uses that word quite often, I recall. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm complete. I don't remember the exact title, but yes, it's true. Oh, now I do. It's absence of felicity. Absence of felicity. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> what would that Thanks, be? Thanks, Jude. <laughs> you remind me an old saying, Jude, is, I know everything about nothing, and I know nothing about everything. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Let yourself go. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charles. Um, well, we're approaching that time where we end the recording and the call will continue. Um, I just want to say one thing about this, this lesson title. He's kind of, I mean, I remember when I first read the course, it felt this thing of aligning the will, which is a theme, and it is actually aligning our will with the will of God. It sounded like dominating and uh, threatening, right? That, you know, I haven't ever found my will, and now I have to align it. And and, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, and I realize now what happened to it is I gave it to fear and, it was always operating across purposes. So anything I willed, truly tried to will, would always end in a in a proof like, you know, yeah, see, your will is dangerous or something like that. And <clears throat> try and convince me that my will is best placed 
in fear and uncertainty and, you know, checking as many boxes as I can for the ego's list before I do anything. And this is, this is like nothing of will in that, really. And, uh, or it is the loss of will. And so I just love the way in the, <laughs> he kind of slips it in here in the title of the lesson. There's another way to say it. <clears throat> Instead of in this future perfect sort of way, now would I be, is to say, now will I be, as God hit me. And it, it is about the alignment of the will. And it, it is the lines, as always, with the, with the, with the reading, you know, about how to get there, is to go through the clouds of fear to what, you know, the ego is really afraid of, is that we recognize it's really not making a lot of sense. It's always in the past or the jumping between the past and the future so that we miss the actual present moment experience or opportunity. And, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out, that he's, uh, he's, it's, it is gentle, this thing of aligning the will, and it is aligning with the fruits of the Spirit, you know, peace. Maybe it's peace, you know. If, if it doesn't appear that there's much to do, well, maybe this is asking us to practice being at peace as as the opposite of what the experience of life has been to this point until it's well practiced so we can provide it <clears throat> where it's needed by others. Or, you know, maybe it's maybe it is being felicitated would it be felicitatious <laughs> expressing felicity there's another word like that that I always always had wrong which is alacrity which I always thought was like you have to jump on things right you know you have to be Johnny on the spot but really what it's about is responding quickly with happiness. <laughs> That's what alacrity's real definition is. It sounds a little, got that crit in there, you know. Maybe it's, it's a correction or something. Well, this is a correction, but it's, it's a correction of being happy to be available to respond. Anyway, um, yeah. So if if, it's, if the lesson seems a little abstract when it says now would I be, you know, just go for now will I be <laughs> and align the will, um, and uh, take the hint in the reading. It is it is about getting past, getting through the clouds to see that circle of 
golden light, which can seem a little distant because it really surrounds and uh, pervades the universe, permeates the universe. So I'm complete. Um, Lori, do you have a closing for the recording? (laughs) Oh, man, today's the day. I'm really glad you asked because uh, I've been hearing this all morning. (laughs) Two things. The first from Chapter 4, where he says, your egos are trying to convince you that they are real and I am not. Because if I am real, I am no more real than you are. That knowledge, and I assure you that is knowledge, means that Christ must come into your minds and heal them. Although I'm not attacking your egos, I am working with your higher mind, whether you are asleep or awake, just as your ego does with your lower mind. What an invitation to rest. I am your vigilance in this because you're too confused to recognize your own hope. I was not mistaken. Your minds will elect to join with mine. And together we are invincible. And since just about... um, quarter past the hour this has been open on my phone it's a poem from Hafiz how did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all its beauty it felt the encouragement of light against its being otherwise we all remain too frightened Christ I am your vigilance in this Amen Lori, could you repeat the the reading from Chapter 4? Either after he closes the call, or would you read it again? So beautiful. I'd love to. It, It begins with the first coming of Christ is just another name for the creation, for Christ is the Son of God. The second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over part of the minds of men and the healing of the mind. I was created like you in the first and I have called you to join me in the second. If you will think over your lives, you will see how carefully the preparations were made. I am in charge of the second coming and my judgment, which is used only for protection, cannot be wrong because it never attacks. Your egos are trying to convince you that they are real, and I am not, because if I am real, I'm no more real than you are. That knowledge, that knowledge, and I assure you that is knowledge, means that Christ must come into your minds and heal them. Although I'm not attacking your egos, I am working. Oh, I am working with your higher mind, whether you are asleep or awake just as your ego does with your lower mind. I am your vigilance in this. I am the light against your being. Because you're too confused to recognize your own hope, I was not mistaken. Your minds will elect to join with mine, and together we are invincible. God himself is incomplete without me. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Beautiful, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. You really know how to pick them. <laughs> uh, Spirit does. <laughs> thank you, Lori. You can see the lesson for the day. Now what I be is God created me. It's just the uh, a prayer to let healing be. Thank you. Thank you all. And on the recording, but not the call. On we go.